0: Of our young boys had your blind fanaticism. My name is Matthew Kroll,
1: and come along, Hitler. This is Shahir Dow, and
0: this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit.
1: Jojo. Yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, you should do a song. This
0: should be. I felt like there was
1: ample opportunity in this film to do a Rab, a Jojo Rabbit song.
0: Possibly. Yeah. I I actually like I like that lot small bit of restraint. Uh, I think that uh, it, it definitely got to um, Ricky Baker territory. Yeah, in certain that's,
1: that's what I wanted. I wanted a JoJo Rabbit Ricky Baker yeah. mashup. Uh,
0: the JoJo <laughs> Baker, <laughs> yeah. you're a faker. you're a Nazi. Yeah. Um, no, the I was glad they did. I, I thought well, we'll get into it. But I actually thought the the, the way that this film used music was actually very very uh, smart. German Beatles, German and, Beatles, and German uh, David Bowie. Yep, uh, and uh, intercut with uh, scenes of German fanaticism.
1: Yeah, that's always fun, right? Yeah. Like David Bowie was really the the soundtrack to the the Third Reich. Uh, as it turned out, <laughs> with all his eyeshadow. Um, yes, we are doing Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit, a film I'm very excited to talk about. Also a film that won the Audience Award at the Toronto International Film Festival. Yes. Uh, alongside another film that we did, Joker, which won the, uh, I think it was the Fortnite Prize at the Toronto, uh, no, what was the the, the, the main award at the Toronto International Film Festival went to Joker. Okay. No, 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 I'm, I'm incorrect about that. I have Joker, actually. Joker won at Venice. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought. Um, uh, Jojo Rabbit won at uh, Toronto, and the winning of the Audience Award at Toronto is uh, Tawano.
0: Toronto, <laughs> uh
1: It's early. Uh, is uh, is interesting because the, of whether that's a predictor of your chances in the Best Picture contest.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: previous winners of the Toronto International Film Festival uh, Best uh, Audience Award includes Green Book uh, and a couple of other Best Picture nominees. So. It's a good. It's a good uh, win to place you for the Oscar races, as this film may do, given its release date.
0: Interesting. <laughs> I, so I, I find, I find literally the only, I guess one of the only things left fascinating about the Academy Awards, about mm-hmm. the Oscars, is the weird pseudoscience that we all try to do. Oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, to predict <laughs> when, in fact, all we're I don't know we're predicting the al- not even the algorithm we're predicting the. The average of what a small group of people will do, yeah. and and uh, I mean, I mean, that's exactly what gambling is based on a lot of times. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense. Human beings will gamble on anything. It tends to
1: be the case though that a winner at this awards tends to play okay in the Oscars. So previous winners include Twelve Years a Slave. Lala uh, La La Land, three billboards outside of Missouri, uh the King's speech one there, yeah. uh Slumdog Millionaire one there. Uh, um so yeah, you know, it's a decent predictor.
0: I have a hot take okay. and I don't even know I don't know if it's correct. Please please shoot it down if it is if mm-hmm. it is uh completely wrong. Sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. uh the Oscars just looks at all of the other awards things that come before it because it's the last one, <laughs> and just handpicks things that it knows won. I mean, they obviously watch the movies, but like that's where they're. It seems like that's where their like research like researches from. Like, you, you call, have are to you calling
1: win. the Oscars an insistuous uh, no film fest film fuck fest. No,
0: called? I, I'm calling it. Uh, I guess increasingly lazy seeming. I don't right. know. Um, the yeah, that, that nice, we're, we're
1: getting into Oscar season now. with the only thing I like about Oscar season, I guess, which is an unofficial kind of term, uh, is the is the fact that we are going to get a real a lot of interesting movies over the next few months. Uh, so the movies I'm excited about are the Light, uh, Lighthouse, yep. and Parasite. And uh, I think I mentioned this in our previous review is Bong joon who had this funny funny comment about the the fact that the uh, Parasite was being positioned for the Oscars, right? And he said something along the lines of, "Well, it's really interesting how South Korea has never had a film in the Oscars even as a nomination." Yeah. Uh, and And then he turned and he said... It's re- the Oscars really are just a local award show, and and I think to couch it in that phrase, you know, like it's a local award show, is kind of the, the perfect amount of dismissiveness, uh, for <laughs> for what he thinks about
0: the Oscars. I love that Oscar season now, uh, is is really giving Christmas a run for its money, and it's it's still before it's still before Halloween as of this recording. Yeah. Uh. So so it's like oh we're just gonna hang up the Oscar decorations nice and early.
1: Any Oscar movies or any you know potential Oscar movies that you're coming at you're thinking. About like Irishman, perhaps. Or... I mean, well,
0: I haven't seen Irishman yet, yeah. so I can't really say. Although no, it's, it's been getting what... phenomenal that's, reviews. That's what I'm asking. Oh, is, oh, oh. Is Like, is I there mean, anything you're looking out? For? I mean, I, Lighthouse, Lighthouse, I think, yeah. is really mine. Also, Parasite. I know these are two movies that we're looking forward to doing um, in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I. I'm curious. As much as I don't want to talk about the film itself anymore, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious how the Oscars does handle Joker okay, um, I'm just curious I don't know I don't know what the I mean, I definitely I bet you a best actor nod. I think mm-hmm. that goes without saying um, but we'll see. we'll okay. see what it does i i i i that's something where there's too many counteracting uh Oscar narratives like comic book newbies before even last year got officially like snubbed well actually, I guess Dark Knight also did did well of of course, but like like so they don't tend to really like that stuff, but this is a movie that's not that, but then also there's all this I don't know. I don't know.
1: Okay, I think uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women is going to be uh, an interesting play. Ford versus Ferrari is going to be um, an interesting one, directed by James Mangold, whose last film was Logan that we did. Yep. Um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That seems <laughs> like it's trying for that. And uh, the t- as of today, the the first uh, four year consideration poster started
0: coming out. And uh, Avengers: Endgame Game is. Uh, is uh, taking a stab. Happy Halloween. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's another interesting thing too, because it's a bit of a Lord of the Rings scenario, uh, uh, in the sense, it, giving uh, it
1: for the uh, for the previous films, or giving it for the body of work.
0: Yeah, uh, which is a weird concept. I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I do understand from the from a a marketing standpoint, or b just a, a burnout standpoint. If if they let's say in an alternate universe. They really highly respected superhero films. <laughs> okay, right. if if the Marvel Cinematic Universe just kept winning awards, mm-hmm. it would get real boring as a viewer and as a, like an interactor with the Oscars because they do come out every year. It would right. become very homogenous. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I could see them actually at least nominating Endgame because of again, like they did uh, Return of the King, or they were but Return of the King did won. win. Yeah, yeah.
1: it what? won the most number of Oscars I think for any. Any Best Picture winner at that time. I, mean, I think it won like 13 awards. Listen,
0: Lord of the Rings as a trilogy is just fucking insane. Like, yeah. just the amount of. I, I v- revisit it maybe once or twice, uh, you know, every mm-hmm. year. Uh, twice a year? It, I, I, that okay. happened one year. Okay. <laughs> uh, but look, it's, so, so you revisited it once or twice, one year. I revisited <laughs> it once a year, one year, I revisited it twice. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, that movie, I. I I see for instance why they didn't, even though that was only three years as opposed to ten or eleven that the Marvel would be at this point. But like yeah. and I think uh, you know, Lord of the Rings is a more impressive uh, group of films than a, a lot of the Marvel movies. So, um, even from just a uh, technical standpoint. But
1: anyway, before we go to the review of JoJo Rabbit this week, I want to read out some emails. Thanks, everyone, for re- uh, emailing us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Also, some, a lot of hot takes this week on uh, our Twitter at onlymoviepod. Uh, well, before we even do that, I want to shout out uh, Thirstman or Turstman on tw-
0: yeah, Twitter, who I believe is just. Thirstman uh, would be different.
1: No, I think it's Thirstman. I know. I'm yeah. saying Thirstman would be a... What is Thirstman? Is that a gaming thing? Uh, uh,
0: I, I, I am not familiar with Thirstman. I think it's just probably his handle. Unless okay. I'm
1: wrong. Thirstman, uh,
0: please correct us.
1: Uh, who is Zach, who's been emailing yeah. us before. Uh, Thirstman, or Zach, uh, is doing a thing where he's listening to every single episode what, what, of, why? of the only podcast I've mean, moved. I,
0: I am highly flattered.
1: Yeah. But b- why? I'm incredibly flattered, but concerned for your health is more th- is more
0: than anything. I Think- don't know what's going to happen to your mind. Yeah, if, that's if, that's what I'm really worried about. I mean, you uh, listen. I I believe in your your, your mental constitution mm. and your ability to consume vast amounts of media, uh, but this is the akin of like you know those contests at like at like you know there's like a decent diner, but yeah. they'll have like the six hundred chicken wings challenge, and it's like, for for that human thing of really wanting to compete, really like makes you want to do it. But all you get is like your picture, a Polaroid on a wall, filled with other people who look like they have stomach aches, and like a free (laughs) T-shirt. And we're not even giving you a free T-shirt. All of this to say is
1: we're not discouraging
0: you. No, (laughs) I just keep doing what you're doing. I I do. We really do appreciate it. I just, (laughs) I feel, I feel weird about it.
1: Here's a couple of highlights uh, because he's also been reviewing them uh, or just putting up like little one word reviews. I love those. Those are my favorite. Please Uh, keep doing those. Episode one of Only Movie Pod was good. Only Movie Pod was good. A good start to the podcast, but unrealistic in the fact that Matt and Shahir aren't bickering the entire time. Oh, we were so young. Seven and a half out of 10.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love he's rating them. That's Uh, what makes my heart so warm.
1: Yeah, here's another one. Episode three A Pigeon Sat on a Branch was really, really good. Shahir needs to do more on site reporting. Need to watch. Nine out of 10. That is something I only did once, uh, which is I took a recorder to the uh, movie theater and yeah. recorded other people. But I will, I I will say this a little secret to that episode is, and this was purely by coincidence. Uh, a lot of the people at that screening were people I knew, um, which which we I didn't intend to take. You know, I took the recorder thinking I was going to do it, but I ended up knowing a lot of the people there. So that was kind of what made it easy. Whereas now I'm always like, do I want to talk to strangers outside yeah. the movie theater? I a- don't know.
0: Also, spoiler alert. Uh, that Just as Shaheer said, that's the only time we've done it. So don't anticipate it ever <laughs> coming back again.
1: Uh, here we go. Here's a couple more. Um, uh, episode 8, Am I Rogue Nation? Matt and Shaheer bickering is getting up there.
0: Not dry bad, but close. Uh, I'm not sure
1: if our bickering is good or bad uh, in this scenario. but
0: uh, I think there's a, a, an okay <laughs> amount. I think like ice cream, if you have too much... <laughs>
1: It gets uh, disgusting. And I think he's really enjoying our Star Wars ep- episodes right now. So thank you again to We really appreciate that. We've also got an email from you. Um, hey guys, just putting my opinion out there I feel like the entire tangent that you guys went on uh, was unnecessary <laughs> uh, If you listened in last week uh, we had uh, uh, an interesting conversation that, yeah, as as Zach says, probably went on a little too long about the definition of the word unnecessary. Uh, I'm going to stay out of this because I don't care. Uh, I feel that as long as the movie is not intentionally hurting everyone, then, everyone uh, then every movie is necessary in some way. Whether it be to make money or to tell a story, every movie is necessary and for the love of God, please do not start the fight like this this last one was reaching the lobster territory oh uh,
0: i think lobster is our is our benchmark is our is our bickering is the
1: fight about
0: uh, about uh, uh unresolved endings or uh, i forget yeah, how we worded it okay, then but yeah. Like, yeah uh yeah whether or not they're whether or not they're worthwhile or not <laughs> uh stephen has another email for us do you want to read yeah, that out um okay so he, first he starts it off by saying why are mommy and daddy fighting <laughs> and then uh, he uh, he continues so a music critic once said, Mark Knopfler writes songs that say nothing but are in the nicest way possible. And I think El Camino is unnecessary but in, uh, but a nice use of time. Even at normal speed. We were talking about how listening to podcasts uh, mm-hmm. at double speed, etc. cetera, last episode. Uh, he continues, it may not have been the film we wanted, it may not have been the film we needed, but it is the film we got and I enjoyed it anyway. So unnecessary but welcome. My only issue was, was it just me or was Jesse a lot smarter after his stay in captivity? <laughs> he seemed to be. I, I would... I would... Put that down to Jesse's uh to Walt's influence on Jesse in
1: terms of thinking through problems through yeah. in a systematic way.
0: I uh, mean, yeah, even if you look at Jesse in season one versus season I think five before he's captured, yeah, he he's... is a much smarter individual. Yeah. But I think we all remember him as just the magnets bitch. Yeah. Like that's sort of the, the the benchmark we see Jesse as. But um yeah. Yeah, we're not going to retrade that unnecessary conversation. because no, is that no. it did go on for. But far you know what I long? like? You know what I like about both of these takes
1: <laughs> is that they're short.
0: <laughs> A, yes, but also uh, they kind of are saying two different things. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I like that there, there's, there's uh, uh, shades of gray in our, in our, in our black and white wonderland we've yeah. built. Anyway, uh, if you want to email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or onlymoviepod on Twitter, actually, and I'm, I'm gonna plug another piece of social media because we never ever do it. We have an Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, where we put up uh, all of the images. Uh, you know, we we've, we just started. I think a couple months ago. Before, it was just my Instagram, Skeletor for Prez, because we are mm-hmm. great business people. <laughs> um, but we had a message from Aniqua, who has been a listener uh, for a bit. Okay. And uh, and basically, she wrote in. She said, hi, Matt Gier. Uh, so I just watched The Lighthouse and was absolutely floored. I thought it was incredibly well done. But people I saw it with were not too impressed. Oh, and, really? uh, Yeah. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about the film. Do you have any plans to review it in the future? And I, I have replied back, but but yes. I absolutely. Mean, and, and, and that message actually... Uh, really got me a little more. Like, I feel like that's from what I've heard about Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the kind of movie I dig. Okay, and I was like, oh, but I bet you it's kind of something that like maybe a lot of people will dig. But I like that like she liked it, but people she talked to didn't. And that's always my favorite thing to go in
1: with. I, I'm just saying this from uh from two years ago. Robert Eggers, who directs the Lighthouse, gets all my money. Without, without question. Without question. Um, blind fanaticism uh, at this point uh, because of The Witch. Okay. Uh, which I absolutely love. That was my number two film that year, which only, I think it only dropped to number two because Moonlight came out, and uh, it was number one the entire year until until Moonlight came out. Gotcha. Um, so I'm I'm super excited for that. I have not watched any trailers, not watched any, I, I, I haven't heard a single sound from the movie. Uh, haven't read any reviews and try to generally just keep away the reason being want to go in and just completely experience
0: it uh, fresh first hand
1: which is also how I experienced Jojo Rabbit
0: yeah well so if you you can also reach us just so everyone knows at only movie podcast uh, on Instagram so yeah
1: Um, Taika Waititi my guy. What a what a delight. <laughs> what a delightful person he is. Um, as we said before on, uh, I think, what was the last Taika film? We did? We've we done three. This will be our third Taika film.
0: But the last one we did was probably Thor Ragnarok. No, it was Hunt for the World of People. Was Hunt for the World of People before? I thought no, it was no, before. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Hunt for the World of People, then
1: Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, Taika is uh, from my hometown of Wellington. Um, I have met him a couple of times, just you uh, you know you know being in the film industry there. On a, on
0: a scale from one to will. Smith, where is he on your friendship level? Oh, he is well below Will Smith,
1: <laughs> but
0: Wait, possibly cooler. Yeah, I don't well, know. He's he, like he well, Tyke is one of these
1: guys that, like, oh no, I mean, in, in him, the level
0: that you know him, oh, probably uh, higher than Will Smith. I would say,
1: mm, I've had more interactions with him, but okay. maybe less. Least interesting ones. Oh, inter- L- okay. L- least yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones? Uh, I, I like. I, I doubt Taika even knows who I am, uh, but we've had dinner once. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, um, yeah, you know, and I and I think I mentioned this on the Hunt for the World of People and and Thor Ragnarok thing. Uh, I've sort of been uh, privileged to have seen his career uh, uh, go from from start to where he is now, and it's been an incredible ride. You know, like uh, Taika YtT uh, was originally Taika Cohen. Um, and he was an actor in New Zealand uh, and he was an actor in in a sort of uh, pivotal New Zealand film called Scarfie's um again, very handsome young man, you know, like uh charismatic. Um uh, he was he was he also played a stripper in a in a TV show <laughs> called The Strip. And it was really funny because he was like the skinny guy, you know, but, but again, still very good looking, but like everyone was like this muscle bound thing, and then there was Tyker in the middle of it. Um and then and then, you know, like to the point uh I saw his first short film, Two Cars One Night, on a VHS copy that was being circulated around uh for people that were part of the film festival uh circuit. Um um and uh I like... the
0: I li- prequel to to Two Girls One
1: Cup I mean, two, not... two, two Girls One Cup? <laughs> <laughs> two Cars One I, Night? I wonder which one came out
0: first. What's well IMDB that.
1: Uh yeah, no I'm uh <laughs> Actually, let's not type you, that into yeah, the let Yeah, let's, let's not go down that road. Um, and um, and then I think the interesting one is that uh, his second short film, which didn't get as much love, uh, you know, uh, for everyone who knows, his first short film got nominated for an Oscar. Famously, he was at the Oscars and he pretended to be asleep, which was Oprah's favorite moment at the Oscars <laughs> that year. Uh, his second short film, Tama tu, which is something I really loved, which was a World War II short film about uh, a Maori battalion in World War II. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's really, and it's essentially, it's silent because the these, uh, these, these Soldiers get trapped behind uh, a, a building, and there's a sniper out there, so they can't make any sound. Uh, but one of them farts, and so they and they're all trying to figure out who farted, and uh, and then they're just kind of telling jokes to each other uh, silently. <laughs> it's really good. It's really,
0: really, really. Is great. that a feature?
1: No, no, it was a short film. I was gonna say that'd be
0: an interesting feature.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think it's interesting because it kind of leads. It's it's maybe a precursor to his ability to do a war film. Yeah, Um, and then obviously uh, Eagle versus Shark, uh, which came out first. Then uh, boy, the thing with Eagle versus Shark is uh, it was. It played at Sundance. It was workshopped at Sundance, and I think one of the early criticisms of Eagle versus Shark is that it felt a little bit Wes Anderson-ish or Wes Anderson light. Yeah. Um, and and I think that was something that sort of dogged him kind of early in his career. But I think he managed to find a way to to make his own work his own. Uh, the follow up film was Boy, which did uh, tremendously and is still the most su- well for a while the most successful film in New Zealand. Um, followed by What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, so good. Hunt for the Wilder People. Thor, Ragnarok, and Jojo—that is quite an accelerated career.
0: Have you have you watched the what we do in the shadows series? I have not. I have
1: not watched the series. I'm I'm really looking forward to it because it, it transposes Wellington, New Zealand, where I'm from, to Staten Island. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, they do a really fun episode where uh, famous vampires through movie history come in, and I think Blade is in there. Uh, Wesley Snipes pops up. Uh, Ty- <laughs> <laughs> Tilda Swinton's in there. Um, a couple of the cast from uh, True. Uh, true Blood are in there, so That's I, I, amazing. I think uh, I think it'll be fun. And Tyker's obviously this darling of uh, Hollywood now, uh, which is just fun to see because you know, like again, he's this local hometown hero i guess um but you know uh he is uh mentioned often in the marvel cinematic universe bob iger when who's the head of disney was defending um uh the marvel cinematic universe for from scorsese and coppola uh you know mentions taika as a key figure of uh, of the marvel cinematic universe so it's a it's a really fascinating thing to see uh where he's going you know i i and he's very young you know, uh, yeah. um, so the, 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 and he, you know, he's got so many interesting films coming up. He's got one about uh, a Samoan soccer team that he's making right in before he does uh, for the uh, Love and Thunder, yep. which is the next door film. He's got Akira, the remake of Akira. that uh, be interesting. In, in the works in there somewhere. Plus, he's producing a couple other films. So he's a busy guy.
0: He's a busy guy. And it's, I'm, I'm psyched that this is a weird thing, but I am psyched that he is so young because that just means we get a lot more work uh, yeah. as, you know, as time marches forward. Uh, and it's also nice to, I like that – like, the thing that sometimes I think you actually – you've mentioned that you worry about with filmmakers joining things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that uh, it might pigeonhole them, right? Have you sort of said – by paraphrasing, like –
1: yeah, no, I think I uh, I think that's true. Or you want
0: to see them spend more time doing the, their own thing, right, or something?
1: Yeah, and uh, I think I mentioned that uh, in the Roma um, mm. review, which was that you know uh, directors often talk about using their big paycheck money to go off and do passion projects, but they we re- very rarely see that happen. Yeah. Uh, this is not that case.
0: No, I know. It's great. Um, I, I think I, I really enjoy the, the trajectory of his career and all of the films of his that I've seen. Uh, and this, uh, spoiler alert, is no exception, in my opinion. Uh, if we're just sort of rolling into the our, our beginning thoughts on Jojo Rabbit, unless well, there's anything else.
1: Well, tell us what it's about.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot about the, the sage-like words of IMDb. <laughs> a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. <laughs> cool Accurate te- te- Technically true Yeah uh, Thank you IMDB Yeah <laughs> uh- <laughs> I, I want I want to get a branding deal with IMDb where where either a we write all the movie <laughs> copy for every movie every it? movie it's going to take a while but that's why they pay us the big bucks I think we should get tourist man to help us out <laughs> yeah. yeah and then two uh, or they just get uh, us so we can go back and forth I know I read it every time on the podcast but we should go back and forth and just read them in the most dramatic way that we can
1: I think uh, you should bring back your crawl crawl is that what it's called oh the,
0: the crawl crawl uh, wow yeah. well there will. Uh what's it called? Uh Star Wars is coming up. Yeah, the new the new last Star Wars or something. Oh, oh my god, can we talk about one thing before we get into JoJo Rabbit? Okay. Uh D out of uh, out yeah, of Star
1: Wars. off and uh, DB Vice what dropped out happened? of stuff. Star- it feels like Star Wars is like a currency in Hollywood right now. It's like who are they gonna pass this on to now yeah. this trilogy? Because Ryan Johnson's got a, a Star Wars trilogy coming up as well that he's working on, but not after a few a couple of other movies.
0: But like this is my so do you, you heard you saw that the Twitter thread that people are saying <laughs> made this happen which i don't th- i think that happened too quickly yeah
1: yeah i, I think it would have happened before
0: but then. like uh they went uh, they did a, a speech at um
1: i think it was the Atlanta Film Festival yeah, in Austin or something like where
0: that where they basically from the from the sounds of the tweets and again i haven't seen video of this so i don't know but this is why some things on twitter can be a little bit mm-hmm. weird uh just made it sound like they were buffoons and they absolutely knew it and they kind of lucked their way through like everything that they did they just sort of it it sounded like reading in a Twitter format was like yeah they were dummies who didn't do it safe and like you
1: know what uh, it uh, was weird uh, one interpretation of of that because again you're reading a Twitter feed I know a secondhand account of something is it sounds like they're you know like to me again completely uh, unobjective on this one uh, it sounds like they're just trying to be humble about the fact that they created the world's biggest TV show Yeah, you know and like they're just trying to downplay it you know that's it's, it sounds like you know how New Zealanders talk that's New how Zealanders, I took it yeah and and so but then everyone kind of interpreted it as like oh my god did you see how bu-, you know buffoonish these guys were and they still got the show
0: and I'm like well I don't know it, it's it, it's odd yeah it's it. an odd thing um, there there are ways and I don't again wasn't in the room but there are very you know ways to sound both competent and humble yeah and I I wonder if, A, the person who tweeted all those things just didn't read into what they were saying or, B, how they came off in the room. Uh, I just found it weird, and then the, the Star Wars information happened, and that's one of those like congruences where you're like, this can't be the cause, but right. it's happening at the same time, and therefore the internet and, and the, the mass at large that doesn't sort of pay attention or know how quickly or slowly certain things in this industry work, will be like, oh, it's because the, it's they're stupid, and they said they're stupid so they lost Star Wars, and it's like, uh, well,
1: no. Who else was the the director of Fantastic Four? Jonathan, uh, Josh Trankles who lost the Star Wars franchise, and didn't Colin Treviro Lose one as well. It's there's like, a lot
0: of people that have lost Star Wars <laughs> franchises. Um, uh,
1: very curious to see. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, uh, Taika is going to be directing episodes of The Mandalorian as well. So, really?
0: Yeah. So I Disney Plus is not wowing me right now. They, if you're a huh. Disney fan, yeah. uh, there's tons of stuff, and I love that they're breaking out some like even stuff from the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Uh, very carefully, mind you, because Disney knows Disney knows their past as much as they'd like to not uh, know their past. Right. But uh, I, I'm not a big enough Disney head. Right. where, like, I'm psyched for this for the Marvel stuff and, and a couple things. Mandalorian would be great. But, like, a lot of the the films that are on there or the shows, like, I already own in another way. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, eh.
1: I think uh, uh, I'm interested in it just from uh, uh, having access to kid-friendly films for my child.
0: There's so many.
1: Yeah. So um, we yeah. We should jump back to Jojo yes. Rabbit, uh, the Sorry tale the of some satirical Nazis, uh, you know, uh, Beatle- Beatlemania through... Uh, uh <laughs> through
0: uh 1940s germany uh what were your first impressions of the movie well uh, the, the the way uh, the, the what you just brought up and what i mentioned in the beginning of this episode the way that the mu- the movie starts with using the german version of i'm a believer mm-hmm. uh and countercutting it with basically the fanaticism in like the of the of the t- of that time in germany uh i even saw an interview with taika where he was saying like he was doing research and then saw these this footage of them and he's like this is like the beatles this is insane yeah and then that was sort Sort of the 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 turning point for that. I found that was the perfect like palate cleanser and starting point mm-hmm. for this because it was even if you don't like on the surface understand exactly what he's trying to say, you get the feeling. Right. Like you know there's something culturally where you're just like oh like you just understand I, I want to have
1: a button that, that just plays can't fight the feeling.
0: <laughs> <When he's, laughs> can't fight the feeling. Okay, and, then and then continue going maybe for christmas. Yeah. Um so so when that hit I was like I'm in for I'm in for a good ride. Uh and I was not let down. This movie um when announced there was a lot of uh, you know like I don't know if like you know there's two sides of it. People that like you know oh you shouldn't be making a comedy sort of about this but then there's other people that say it's fine and like whatever. Like I'd, and this movie I think does a very good job at even just um Ascending above that entire discussion because of the craft of it, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, he's taking difficult uh, historical times and turning parts of them farcical, but he's not doing it for no reason. There's there's a heart to it. There's a there's a message behind it, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's It's
1: also not like there's isn't precedent for this.
0: No, of course not. But but like you know, in this in this age of internet outrage, Mm. uh, the there's sort of you know. There's that, that conversation often with films like this these days can get more into the, oh, 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 it shouldn't be this, or yeah, it should, and rather than the content of it. I feel like this movie just sort of like has the ability to fly over that and just be uh, a meaningful piece. Um, I think Tyga did great as the imagination, the imaginary uh, Hitler. Uh, drop date Hitler. Uh, yeah, <laughs> drop dead Hitler. JoJo's. Uh, Played by uh, Roman Griffin Davis, um, Jojo's imaginary friend, who is a boy who is um, b- b- fanatic and obsessed with sort of the, the the Nazi culture and and is psyched to be going to like a Hitler youth camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this movie and I want I don't want to sort of roll into it right away, but this movie did something that I haven't had a movie do in a while for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we get to the point when we talk about it, I want to talk about why I think that is. But but. Overall, I think my my phrase I would like to use with this film is I enjoyed it very much, but I was also blinded by its craft, mm-hmm. and I will dive into what I mean by that when we sort of – uh, usher forward uh, sure what about you first first thoughts uh,
1: I want to go back to that thing you said about um, uh, there was controversy around whether to do this film or not. Um, uh, and I want to read from an Esquire article a profile of Taika sure um, who uh, was talking about that uh, and it goes like this uh, some people including uh, uh, according to Variety a Disney executive have found the movie controversial uh, I'm not really sure if that's true why TTC is I'm not sure I should be saying this but because I don't want to feel like I'm defending myself but Bog Iger, CEO of Walt Disney Company, who, aforementioned, um, um, mentioned Tiger yeah. during a uh, uh, defense of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Alan Horn, co uh, co-chairman, and co-chief creative officer of Walt Disney Studios, have seen the film and have sent e- me email saying this is a very. This is fucking a very important film. I like that you, like, that sounds very Kiwi, the way you're saying it. This is, <laughs> this is fucking a very important film, bro. Uh, we love the film. He considers the situation. This is not a film to be afraid of, by the way. It's not challenging in the least. Yeah. Um, given the recent surge of neo-Nazism, it's strange that a movie about a boy and his friend Adolf is not a capital A about wi- white nationalism. Uh, it was around Charlottesville when people were asking, is this a reaction to that? And that might be what you're talking about in terms of, like, yeah. you know, what does this film kind of stand for? he says and it was like no this is just something i was trying to make and weirdly it became more important and more pertinent so uh just backing up into the history of how this film came about is it is an adaptation of a book by uh christine Lewentz uh called caging skies which uh is not a comedy um caging skies was actually adapted into a play by a friend of mine uh desiree govinsky back in new zealand um and i think taika may have seen it i'm not sure uh but it was a very well regarded play at the time as well but Taika, being Taika, decided that he could take this material and turn it into a comedy. I don't think the imaginary Adolf exists in the book. Um, I would
0: imagine not, if it's not a comedy.
1: Yeah. Um, and and um, my, my initial thoughts about it are, this is maybe in the ascendancy of Taika's career— um uh and i will refer to him as mr ytt because you know what do i know um <laughs> we've had dinner with the man now i think you can well, <laughs> very very briefly uh, how quick was your dinner it was a, it was a buffet style dinner Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> you know, you know. all right all right um but um uh there's always been the case with Taika, which I've really enjoyed, is that I felt every film has been better than the last. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think Eagle vs Shark was a really strong start, but not, you know, like it did kind sure. of fall into the shadow of uh, of uh, Wes Anderson. Uh, boy was better. Uh, I loved what we do in the shadows, um, and this is the first time I think that the. It's not a case of reach exceeding his grasp. I think he's more than capable of dealing with this kind of material. And, and more than anything, I think the idea to satirize the Hitler youth as uh, buffoonish is, is uh, an entirely valid point. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, given where we live exist in Charlottesville uh, or the rise of neo-Nazism, an entirely uh, appropriate um, uh, view of, the, uh, of, of that movement. The, the issue for me is I think this film is kind of essentially doing three films in one. Hmm. Uh, uh, a sort of coming of age story about Jojo and, and you know like his growth into manhood. Uh, a satire of um... Uh, uh the the hitler you know the hitler youth the fanaticism around hitler youth and the fanaticism around uh, uh you know hitler yep. uh the idea that that can be ridiculous and uh a, a sort of uh, a fun drop dead fred kind of uh take on you know what an imaginary friend could be like for for jojo mm-hmm. i think it's kind of doing those th- those three films and they are intertwined yeah but i don't think it actually for me personally uh it didn't land any of them in a sort of meaningful way. Wow, okay. Um, I thought they were all very well executed, and I think the ideas are all there, but I never found that the three ide- any of the three ideas came together in a sort of interesting way. So, uh, you know, this will kind of be loose spoilers, but the the resolve of each of those stories uh, felt um, a little slight to me. Hmm. Um, and, you know, when Taika you know, himself says this is not a challenging movie, I agree. It's not a challenging movie. Uh, I don't think it's... Uh, particularly controversial in terms of anything it says. In fact, do in we mean f- challenging by like? Uh, I don't think it's saying anything powerfully uh, difficult about uh, the rise of fanaticism or Hitler Youth. I think I think it's a, it's like uh, shooting fish in a barrel in terms of like, yeah, that was really dumb. Yes, you know what yeah, I mean. Yep. And 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 I don't think it actually says anything uh, particularly powerful or interesting uh, in that area. And I and I you know like uh, uh, I I think the The sort of trick of a movie like this, like Hunt for the Wilder People, is to take the comedy that you're doing and then kind of mold it into something mm. um, by the end of it. and and I and I just think that there are three different stories going on here. Three on their own could be interesting, interesting films unto themselves, all entirely intertwined, but none of which uh, really land for me uh in a in a strong way
0: i i think um you're i 100 percent agree with you with the idea that it is not like a challenging thing or trying to like bring new light to a a thing about like world war ii the end of it how Mm -hmm. the fanaticism sort of like it's not it's not talking about the fanaticism itself. It's it's farcical. It's making fun of the fanaticism as the, as the backdrop. What I think actually worked incredibly well, I guess, is just one of your three stories. And I found it the most important was sort of not only Jojo becoming a man or growing up, but there is an intrinsic um, how do I sort of start this off? There is an intrinsic, interesting tale about the children at this era of uh, when when Germany was about to fall, when the Nazi regime was about to fall,
1: it's a really bad time to be a Nazi.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, the 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 journey that a lot of these young people must have gone through, like you've you you've you're basically essentially growing up in a fantasy world, mm-hmm. well because the propaganda machine is still rolling, even though Germany is not doing well in the war, uh, and then to have your sort of life. Shattered in that sort of way eventually. And this story, of course, also has him run into um, the the young girl hiding in the walls. Elsa. Elsa, played by uh, Thomas and Mackenzie. Yeah. Uh, great job there as More well. From uh, Leave No Trice. Yeah. Um, but the JoJo's journey of fanatical little boy into actual human being, mm-hmm. I find, and, and you can call that journey to manhood. I, I find the, like, boy to man is sort of the way that... Um, <laughs> and they say this in the movie, kind of like the way that the Nazi would sort of call it that, like, you become a man by learning to throw a grenade and knives and kill this rabbit and do all that, you know, like, that's that's what manhood is. Uh, I would argue that becoming a man or an adult, you know, however you want to put it, is more when you get to a, a place of emotional um, understanding of not just you, not just your ideas of the world or that sort of, like, childlike one, um, sort of fantasy that the... To be honest, the Nazi Party persisted during that time, um, and JoJo by the end of this movie, for a couple different reasons, in in complex ways. Some of them I I feel like moved in a, at a little bit of an odd click, but definitely took that journey for me. Yeah. Um. And I I I resonated with that completely. I do think the other two things fell by the wayside mm-hmm. as far as like what was meaningful to me about the film. Yeah. But um, I think the performances and the writing and the way that things are positioned. And actually, weirdly enough, the fact that those other two things that you're talking about, uh, mainly how the the fanaticism is not the the challenging part of the story, um, actually helped me and benefited me in having the part about JoJo uh, coming of age mean a lot. Uh, and again, I will get to that. I, I know I'm teasing this a lot, but I don't want to quite talk about that part yet. But there's there's a reason behind my um, my monotone madness.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, the issue here is that, um, yeah, like like there's a long history of films about World War II and, and Germany. And yeah. the, I, the reason I kind of, I guess I wondered very uh, uh, carefully about this question of whether this coming-of-age story lands or not um, is is, for me, the transformation is kind of, Obvious where this character is gonna go, you know, like mm-hmm. he's a he's a, a kid who's blinded by uh, by uh, his a love of germany you know he's sort of like a boy playing soldier yeah uh and he's going to be confronted by the enemy so to speak you know so it's like the boy in the striped pajamas it is yep. um the the he's going to be confronted with the fact that the person that he's been told to hate lives in the lives in the uh, attic above him <laughs> Taylor's as old as time. <laughs> exactly and so uh the fact that he comes around to her uh even to 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 you know seems like that's where the film uh-huh. should go unless unless it's going to do something surprising um and and you know like i think the the sort of Uh, the questions i was kind of interested in in during the film was whether he would ever turn on her or whether he would um use her um to kind of uh, advance himself in the in the hitler youth you know kind of there's a uh a film called uh, la calm lucien uh where a character i think turns someone in um for the and then you know um that's a that's a great Louis Mal film, by the way. Um, so I I wondered if if uh, if this film would kind of have that turn. And it doesn't. And the other issue is is that at this point, the it nothing that the film is doing in relation to Nazism or uh, the Hitler Youth or nineteen forties Germany feels very provocative. It feels very, you know, like shooting fish in a barrel, you know, like it, 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 you know, like the Gestapo idiotic, the, 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 the blind fanaticism is unwarranted, you know, like uh, Hitler is not, uh, is not worthy of your praise and, and Nazism is bad. I, I, I think all of that just feels very, um, old hat and i wondered i really wondered mm-hmm. uh, the question i was like is how does this film?" it was a question i thought about with uh Wiss anderson's film isle of dogs was how does this film play in germany how do germans feel about this uh about you know their i mean probably their, not good no but uh, but like you know they've had uh so many years of being reminded of this fact and this film just does it again without without really and you know and and it's got that question marker as well of like uh uh a foreign, uh, you, know, you know, like uh, American, New Zealand, Australian actors all pretending to be German speaking in an English accent. And yep. I was like, it just feels like we're we're retreading old ground without doing much to sort of uncover parts of it that, that we haven't seen before.
0: Well, Germany... Um, it, you know, it's, it's, and, and I've uh, only been once, and I, I only know very little, but but as far as I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, or email in podcast at gmail.com, A, if you're a German uh, person who has seen this movie, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but also B, because of the atrocities and because of how that all went down, Germany has never, like, how do I put it? Germany never has tried to sweep this under the rug, because A, I think they know that they can't, but also B, they want their community, their their country, to remember this, to be careful, to never do it again. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to – it feels like these type of farces and these things – you're 100% true. There are old hat elements to this, 100%. I don't think that this would uh, – to be honest, like enrage them or whatever. I think no. that'd just be like another thing of like, yep, like absolutely. Yeah, exactly. um, and,
1: and that's kind of like the reaction I kind of had to the film. Was but like...
0: you know what's, what's interesting, and I think we're we're getting there. We can get into like spoilery, spoilery stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I this is all going to tie into why I think the film worked very much for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now, again, spoilers for Jojo Rabbit, which the interesting part about this is most people will have seen this spoiler coming a mile away. Okay. Um uh mainly uh Jojo's mother played by Scarlett Johansson uh who was I thought the f- was such a fun role. Yeah. I thought she did phenomenal in it. Yeah. Um uh she uh loosely is helping some resistance people. You're not quite sure how. She's also not like yelling at Jojo or trying to get Jojo to not be a not like there's like it, there there's some nuanced parenting at play, I think, mm. in that. Like she's trying to let Jojo decide for himself. Mm. She's working with him and trying to be a loving, caring mother and talk him through some other stuff. There's a, I think, a really nice scene where uh she pretends to be uh have conversations with Jojo's dad, who apparently is off at war. Um but then there's a turning point where uh, after, you know, a good thing happens and there's sort of like, you know, nice music playing or whatever, uh, you find out, Jojo finds out that she's been hung in the town square. Mm-hmm. And now at that moment, I was literally shocked. Huh. And afterward, I looked back and I was like, that's real dumb. I was shocked. I was like, that for A, in the moment for those five minutes or whatever, like it gut punched me. Like, I think I actually cried. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then afterward, when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, this has been, I always use the term buttered up. I was like, this has been buttered up the entire film. Yeah. Like, and you're absolutely right, Sheer. nothing surprising happens in this movie. Mm. But I think, weirdly, the fact that it still affected me emotionally and that I was blinded by the craft, as I sort of put it in the beginning, is that. Despite me being able to look back after I've sort of seen it, I was so engaged with the way this story was being told, this old hat story, mm-hmm. that I did not – I was having a, such a good time interacting with the film that the cynic or the even the, the critic or or the 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 story constructor in my brain didn't follow the beats that would have led me to being like, oh, of course she's going to die. This mm-hmm. is how these movies go. And I don't know if there's a term for that. But I have not experienced that. I don't know if ever. Like it's it's. What 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 is the thing you're experiencing? We watch a lot of movies, right? Yeah. I can normally be like, and, and I can also appreciate. But like, I can like, okay, this is a story. Yeah, I, it feels like she's going to end up being dying, and that's going to be a thing that pushes Jojo one way or another. And you know, that's where the film's going to go. Like the way that it's structured. If you just sort of look at, it, if you were looking at the bullet points or a script beat, or even how you were watching it in chronological order, if you've watched a lot of films. You can guess that's the direction it's going. I didn't see it coming like so
1: good storytelling
0: I, I I think good good filmmaking, right uh, or or even how do I put it? It's like I was so enthralled with the way the story was being told. It was the magician effect. Like I was watching the show and I didn't see the the sleight of hand or whatever. Right. um and and that's a that's currently these days because again, we watch a lot of films. That's a very rare. Instance for me, and then I got to thinking. I was like, "Okay, I agree with nearly everything you're saying too." Like it's a it's a trite story. We've hit this before. It's not doing anything really interesting with the with the Nazism part of the of the of the of the tale. Mm -hmm. The only part that I actually found interesting was JoJo's journey. But again, even JoJo's journey kind of basic, right? But I think the fact that it was able to take the 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 fanaticism and the Nazi parts of the story. And dance them around a little bit, and then sort of was was a way to better obfuscate an obvious twist that was coming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I, now I feel like I'm rambling. If you uh, like, what well, what do you think uh, about that? Like that, the idea that that can be done.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, like I said, I think it's good storytelling, um, and I think the way he sits it up is very uh, is very elegant. Um, he does it with two images that that you are consciously absorbing throughout the entire film, which is that uh, we see we we hear Elsa is not Elsa. It's. Um, Um, uh, Rosie, Rosie, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, talking about uh, his shoelaces all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see, and we only, we see in several uh, sequences during the film, we only see her feet. Uh, And so we know and identify what her feet are, what what her shoes look like. Um, We also hear uh, Rosie talk about, you know, like uh, falling in love is like having butterflies in your stomach. Um, and we even see like this beautiful image where, when we realize that um, uh, Jojo is falling in love with uh, um, Elsa, that you know, like we cut down to her tummy and we see butterflies. Right. So the way we, you know, so, we, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we we are subconsciously being set up with those two parameters of images. And then, what I loved about that moment is that um, you know uh, Jojo is following a butterfly down the street. And then comes across her feet. So we, we've been we've been teed Set up. up to to kind of see that moment, and we know exactly what it is without having to see her body. Yeah. And It's more powerful uh, than if we saw you know uh, her hung from a tree. Yeah. Uh, uh, hung from the, the town, town square. square yeah. So I think it's a very very powerful moment, and it's a very it's a really good example of Taika's incredible visual storytelling. The moment after it, I thought was actually really good as well, which is that you know Jojo sits in front of the um, in front of the body for a while, and yeah. then we cut to. Uh, the buildings around the uh, around the um, town square, which all look like eyes, so they're yep. all watching this thing happen in front of them. And I think that's really elegant visual storytelling. Um, so you know, I that I, that, I agree that mo- that moment really really lands. Unfortunately for me, it's kind of the. Uh, I think I look I uh, Taika is real is a really great filmmaker, and I think and I think his best films are yet to come. Uh, and and this is one where I think. The issue around it is that by the end of the film, um, I'm not seeing anything in here that really lands. And I think, at the most basic level, what he's really good at, like if you look for Hunt for the uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and uh, what we do in the Shadows, by the way, mm-hmm. is an emotionally resonant moment between two characters. You know, so at, at the end of Hunt for the Wilder People, it's Sam Neill and Ricky Baker. Yeah, um, kind of realize. You know, Sam Neill comes to him and like get, tells him a haiku poem. Yeah, you know, he's finally learnt to to come to this point, point. and at the end of this film, it's uh, Elsa and Jojo dancing. You know, like mm-hmm. their mother has told them that dancing is a is is what you do when you're free. Um, and it's a it's a sort of a lovely, goofy moment. But it also feels slightly uh, like yes, obviously that's where the film was going to go. The- you know, like and obviously he by the from the moment that uh, Elsa appears in in Jojo's attic, there's never really a turn where you feel like he's going to actually. You know, like there's 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 a threat to the scenario, except for the moment when the Gestapo turns up, which gets diffused kind of pretty quickly. Yeah.
0: The the, the two mm-hmm. things on that point. One, I think there's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a myriad of character turning emotional mm-hmm. moments that Taika shows us in this. I mean, there's multiple with Jojo and his mom. There's uh Jojo. What I, do you I'll, mean by character turning? Well, like, what you, I'm sorry, you 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 phrase it. I'm I'm rephrasing it wrongly. You said moments. But what Taika's really good at is interpersonal moments. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So. I think there's not just the interpersonal moment of, weirdly, the the hanging, but the relationship building up to that, of course. Mm -hmm. I think – I I would say that up till the two-thirds point of the film until the Gestapo scene um, that uh, Elsa and Jojo don't really have that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that weirdly, again, as a full turning point, which I – Again, I think I was blinded by the craft because you look back the writing is on the wall. Uh Jojo and um um <laughs> what am I uh who, Sam Rockwell's character Captain Kleinsdorf, Klans- mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh that turn at the end I thought was gr- beautiful. Right. Uh and then the moments between actually between Scarjo and Elsa, uh between Rosie and Elsa mm-hmm. uh in in the attic when they're just sort of talking through stuff or in the crawl space. Yeah. I found very resonant. And um I think the like I, I definitely got that same feeling from Hunt for the Wilder People. I, I got it here too. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Just just as you know, like as a loose comparison, do you think the ending of Hunt for the Wilder People kind of
0: emotionally... Hunt for the Wilder People has a better ending. Because but I also wonder if that is because it's not a story that I am familiar with. Like mm-hmm. if I'm looking at it from a story structure perspective, I don't really know where Hunt for the Wilder People's going to go. Right. And that journey is a, is an exciting one yeah. and it's different than this one because even I think we both said it, we kind of know where this journey is going to go. But I it it, it the reason why I, I really respect this film if I can try to boil it down into a shorter explanation is it takes something well-worn and tricks me into thinking that it's not right until the end and I'm actually thinking about it. And to have I am always – have you ever gotten this this thing, Shahir, where, like, you're jealous of a person who's never seen one of your favorite films because you know they get to experience it for the first time? Sure. Right? That's That's the closest thing I can equate to this. This was the chance to see a well-worn trope that I know I enjoy. There's farce, and then there's a story about sort of changing into an adult that we've all seen a million times. But the way this film is made tricked me, really, in the moment until it was over, into feeling like it was a new experience. Right. And – I loved that. Like, right. uh, again, I, do, it, it, looking back, do I'm like, yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People, better ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other films that Taika has done, you could, I think, break down and be like, yes, I think overall a stronger piece of work. Um, it's, I, I think
1: the, the, like, again, Taika, you know the film doesn't make any real missteps. Like it sure. doesn't go wrong anywhere. And I think I think all the elements that he's putting together are really well considered. You know, like the butterfly thing, I think is really beautiful and it really works. And the shoelace thing, you know, so you get to that moment is beautiful storytelling. Yeah. Um, I think the issue is it's not it's not him per se. It's the. It's what we expect of this kind of film, given the history of these kinds of films, and and the long storied history of what we expect in this world, and the fact that you know, like we, um, you know, I, I guess maybe my the, the you know my expectation is that in 2019 um, we might see a more biting take uh, on on what this what this story has to has to offer, particularly since we're looking back at the sort of Fairly dark period in history. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, you know, like you know, Taika says himself, it's not a particularly challenging film, and I don't think it is. And and you know, I'm on, on surface value, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fine film to watch. I just don't think it, it, uh, m- for me personally, none of the material kind of elevates beyond doing what I expect it to do at a baseline level. And and one of the most telling moments I think for me is that uh, towards the end when Hitler turns back up again you're like oh wait oh yeah we got to wrap this story up right yeah because hitler doesn't need to be here anymore you know he's kind of, jojo's you know his mother's already died you know he's already on board with elsa the gestapo have already been disposed of or you know like are are moving away and then hitler turns back up and he's trying to convince jojo to like um to like you know like turn her in or or something like that again and and it's like you know the, you're watching that scene going oh yeah no no yeah I forgot about hitler he's got to be here and and yeah he's got to jojo's going to have to get rid of hitler that's not so, the way yeah that's so, not the way i
0: experienced it that's but, yeah it's interesting
1: but you know like he's got when he kicked him in the nuts and said fuck off hitler i'm like okay cool got it you know like i, I expect that's what i expect this scene to do i'd kind of forgotten that hitler was even in this movie at huh. that point you know um, and and it would just felt like an an additional story to wrap up um, i think the dancing thing kind of it it almost works for me. It, it almost feels like it could work, um, but but something about I guess the world that this film inhabits uh, feels like it's not quite as daring as I think you can be with the idea of a of a fictional Hitler. So there's another film that came out uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a German film called Look Who's Back, and it's about uh, the it's a sort of a a, a satire about. Uh, Hitler is resurrected into today's time, and he's wandering around uh, uh, modern-day Germany and kind of going, "What the fuck happened?" You know, like I, I didn't understand this. And then he becomes a TV reality star, and then suddenly, slowly, he starts. You know, some people start inflicting, uh, get, getting
0: uh, the idea of Hitler on board. Oh wow, that doesn't sound at all like anything that's going on currently in our day and age in the United States of America. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, so,
1: so it, 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 you know, and and that in itself feels like a, a slightly more biting take about like my, I guess what I'm, I'm curious about is the relationship between this film and 2019 or the world we live in today. I and, think, oh, and, and, and like, you know, I think the thing that it's kind of essentially saying is that um, if we, if we see each other from the other side, we might get a different perspective yeah. and, and, and that's cool. I get it. It's good. It, it's not, it's not, it doesn't you know get me thrill excited about this movie I think I think he's very good I think this film is very good I don't
0: think that's what it's trying to say okay I think that's what we're used to these baseline sort of stories that this is wrapped around a lot of skill trying to say the idea of like if we see each other from the other side we'll understand each other mm-hmm. this is weird oh god and I don't I'm gonna butcher this how my brain is working right now so apologies in advance. The storyline is about Jojo coming to adulthood, okay? The story we are used to is the one you've described, the the, you know, if we see each other from the other side. And the farcical stuff about about Nazism and and nearing the end of World War II Germany is the backdrop that we are normally expected to feel is the focus of a film, but then uses to obfuscate sort of and making the rest of it feel um, feel I guess fresher at least in my eyes than it should have. Um How that relates to 2019 is I think we are kind of, uh, at least I am, and maybe I I don't know if the discourse, (laughs) the, the great discourse would agree or disagree with me, but the idea of like, oh, if we just see each other from the other side doesn't really work. Like, because we are just looking around and it doesn't seem to work. Both sides of whatever political or, or, or ideological thing that you have uh, seems as though our bubbles are complete. And uh, I don't think those stories will be resonant at all. Therefore, I don't think this tale is trying to do that. If I want to look at what this movie's trying to do in a 2019 environment... Um, which maybe, here's the other thing too, maybe it's not trying to do something in a 2019 environment, especially with the the, the myriad of of history you've told me about the development of this film. Mm-hmm. But if it was, um, I think it would be doing the subversion thing while it's not the point of the story, showing how fanaticism, there's a great line that Elsa says, it's in the trailer and I'm going to butcher it, but she's like, you're not a Nazi Jojo, you're just a little boy who wants to play dress up and be in an army, or I forget what the, what the actual line is. And, If you look at, I think Tyke has actually said this in an interview. If you look at the Third Reich and if you look at the Hitler youth and you look at like even what Hitler was sort of interested in, it was all very childlike, one man hero. Like, even if you dive into the occult stuff, like it's all very like the things he found important Mm
1: -hmm.
0: were childish. Mm-hmm. they were the the these adventure stories of like this one man who could you know take on the like and it's that sort of thing and he used for lack of a better term his own personal chaos magic to actually like will that persona into existence and took nearly the entire world down with him and i think what this movie does well even though it's not like the main storyline is really through the journey of jojo show Uh, subversive cracks in that armor throughout his journey. Because in the beginning, Jojo is in it. And like, I remember when I was a little kid and like, you just that's how you think. And then I think this movie does a great job showing that at the end of the day, this ideology that the world dispounds, part of the world dispounds and and almost took us into uh, 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 a global dark place uh, is a childlike notion. Right. And... I think this movie does a good job. Granted, it's it's coming at me from my perspective and in again my bubble. I would be curious. <laughs> this is a weird sentence. I would be curious. <laughs> well, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, people that are not in my bubble, right? right. Uh, like how this What Nazis it, think of the film. Kind of. Yeah. Um so so it, it I think it it's it's three pieces that you've sort of yeah. described all work at different aspects of where this movie's trying to point for me but you you what you what I will agree with you on is they don't come together to have a complete this is what we are saying narrative but emo- the emotional through line is one thing the socioeconomic or cultural through line is another um, not socioeconomic I apologize for that the 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 cultural uh, through line so but I, I actually enjoyed the scatter shot of that, like, and I feel like, and I'll, I'll, this is how I'll just sort of wrap up, I guess, yeah. my final thoughts. Um, that scatter shot, that shotgun blast of of all of those things, I think helped me have that original feeling of watching this feeling like it was a fresh story because there were so many sort of different things going on. It distracted me from the fact that it is a little bit baseline. And I would, if I sat down and read the script, like the beats, I would understand exactly where it was going. And that was, again, I got to go back to that feeling of like being jealous of, of, of a person who, you know, is going to watch something amazing for the first time. I, I watched this and I was like, this is so amazing. And then I didn't until after realize I had seen something like it a few times before. So, uh, I would say in my opinion, yeah, uh, you go check this movie out, and I would love to hear what other people if if other people have had that <laughs> experience. Love
1: Nazis to write us in that uh, only movie podcast that you actually com. not
0: really. Um, <laughs> I, I would prefer not to get into a discourse, but like, uh, I, look, any but, but that's what this film is inviting, isn't it? I don't know if it is really, uh, but 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 see, and, and, I, and, and you know, I take that back. A yeah, civil discourse, yeah, sure. But I I think that's. I would like to be in a civil discourse.
1: I think that's what the film is suggesting that a civil discourse between two opposing sides um, should eventually come to harmonious. uh, I don't get that from it, to be honest. Really, Elsa and JoJo's relationship.
0: Again, I don't feel like that's the that's the. I don't feel like that is the that's the well worn part. That if it is trying to do that, I don't think hits. Okay. Uh, but that's just me. You know, I, it's, I still think it's a very uh, worth your time and money film. Yeah. Um, I think,
1: you know, I, I I think the thing that you described um, was it's um, it's scattershot. You know, like it does feel like uh, a blast in a lot of different directions and a lot of different ideas. And I And I think for me, I think all of those ideas are noble and worth pursuing and can be done interesting. And the idea, if you, you know, like basically the pitch, uh, for this movie is an anti hate satire, um, you know. Which I, I just don't. I, if, if it is an anti hate satire, it's a very soft one. Um, that was the pitch for it. Yeah, I mean that's what the the tagline for the movie is: the anti hate satire Jojo Rabbit.
0: Oh, that just sounds <laughs> like bad marketing.
1: Um, and and I think you know, like if you said, oh, I'm gonna do, I'm doing a movie uh, right now about like uh, a, a boy growing up in the Hitler youth who has a fi- who has a best friend named Adolf Hitler, uh, an imaginary best friend. to go, Uh, called Adolf Hitler, I'd be like, oh, I'm really curious what what you're going to do with that, because that's obviously... Um, it's obviously explosive content. It's obviously, like, challenging, you know, like, content that you've if you just say I'm doing anything... You know, like, you know, the, the common conversation uh, debate tactic is is at the point at which you accuse someone of being a Nazi because of their stringent ideas is the point at which a debate falls apart. So this movie is automatically going to Nazism and Adolf Hitler, and I'm, like, curious, okay, what are you going to do with that? Like, what where is that idea going to go? And I think, you know, ultimately, the... The first ten minutes of this movie, where we sort of see the ridiculousness of the the Hitler Youth, you know, like uh, we, we Germans are the smartest now, let's go burn some books, uh, you know, is kind of pretty much the one line that this film is going to take throughout the entirety of it, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there's anything. Uh, badly done here. There are moments of beautiful craft. There are moments of beautiful um, uh, storytelling that that really land, you know, particularly around Scarlett Johansson's death. Um, and because it's not just, you know, I think her death is kind of... Um, a cheap moment to 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 uh, validate his coming of age, you know, in in a in a normal story, but it's done so beautifully here that it kind of may, and, and it it doesn't feel like it's out of the feel for mm. the world of the film, um, but I just think that 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 scatter shot of ideas doesn't coalesce uh, into something. Beyond what I expect or what I think, you know, if you told me it's a film about a little boy whose best for imaginary best friend is Hitler, is gonna go, you know, like, I, and you know, I, I, it's, it's the, I, I never want to say it's, it's his, it's his, uh, reach ex- exceeding his grasp. Yeah, I think it's a case of being stretched a little too thin and not necessarily pushing this material as far as it could go.
0: It sounds like it's, it's, and this is not meant to sound derogatory mm-hmm. at all. It sounds like it's just not the movie that you wanted it to be based on the knowledge of what you had about its subject matter. Or like the movie that you thought would be the best version of.
1: No, I think what it is is I expected, I wanted to see where the idea of, where the first 10 minutes, the ideas of the first 10 minutes went further than they did.
0: I see. And I I don't think they did. You were hoping that he took what you thought this film would be as a sponging a saying or whatever mm. and seeing it where Taika would take it further than you had already thought of. I,
1: I yeah, I guess my point is that the first 10 minutes kind of t- gives me all I need to know about about where this film is going to go. Gotcha. And and it doesn't go, you know, much further beyond that. And and you know, that's 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 a yeah, maybe it's a, a uh, a failure of expectations on my part. Um, I don't but, know if that's going to happen. But I, you know, uh, I you know, I I felt that way about Green Book, um, you know, as well. So, uh,
0: but ooh, I, that's an interesting comparison, though, because Green Book, yeah, again, well worn tale, yeah. but not told in a way that ever made it feel not well worn.
1: Yeah, uh, and, 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 and not to and, say that's and, not a crafted. And, movie, and there are but. some inherent things about this. That are provocative. And you know, not least of which is having uh, a Maori man play a Maori Jewish man play Adolf Hitler. Sure. you know, like like that's that, the meta that's the matter. yeah comic. that that is a subversive act in of in and of itself. Um, normally, one of the things that bugs me about films like this, or in general, any film about um, about uh, another country and having actors of, uh, of not of that country speaking with just the German accent, yeah. is that bugs me. But but this is a satire; it's meant to be silly. I think the part of the fact is that it's not meant to be authentic to that case. And you know, Taika even uh, read somewhere that he was given a Hitler biography at some point, um, and you know, he refused to read it because he wanted his Hitler to just be a childish imagination. Version of Hitler. Um, I think there is a really. There's another. The other moment that was. So the two moments that were really effective for me. Three moments maybe. Um, were four tops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Five if you're really get stretching
1: yeah. is. Uh, so so the the death of uh, uh, of Rosie yep. I think is very well done. The second was when there's a moment at which uh, Hitler starts giving a speech. And the 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 echoes of his voice gets a little bit deeper, and he starts really talking about uh, Elsa in an inhuman way. And and Taika's performance really becomes the Hitler of the rallies that we yep. might have seen. And I think it's it's a it's a really subtle turn, but it's really it's really elegantly handled. Lot of lot of upshots. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's sticking the finger right up there. Um, and then the third one I, I thought was really effective. Um, was uh, Stephen Merchant, the introduction of Stephen Merchant's character, uh, the Gestapo. Yeah. And and I, I really like this idea that they all have to hail Hitler each other, and then they they basically, every time someone else joins the room, <laughs> they all have to hail Hitler and it gets ex- exponentially more. I think that that is fun satire. That's fun because it's the idea of how absurd we can actually be in this moment, uh, or how absurd our blind fanaticism can actually lead us. And it, and they're truly blind by the fact that they, they can't tell... Elsa, apart from his sister Inga, you know, although we're we're sort of made to be aware that um, that Colonel uh, uh, Sam Rockwell's uh, yeah. character is kind of helping them out.
0: Kaisendorf, uh,
1: yeah. So those are the moments, that, you know. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. I just I I wondered whether it it went as far as it could given what the premise actually is. Yep. You know, like I think Hunt for the Wilder People, for example, and I'm just using that as a. It's not the same kind of film at all, but just using it as an example of uh, of a, a film where the initial premise goes much further than than you expect it to, to a point where you're like, I I'm just on board for this ride, and I can I can wholeheartedly, uh, happily endorse everybody going to see Right, this. right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that and that you know it's a it's I I still think he does no wrong, you know, apart from he just doesn't go as far as I think this material allows him to go. So one very small wrong. Well, it's it's there's nothing wrong with what he said with what he's with what he's doing in this film. Um but you know like I can I don't think any moment's bad. I just don't think it all
0: coalesces. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Well there you go. This has been the only podcast about the film JoJo Rabbit. JoJo? Uh Shahir, when you are not dodging uh buckshot from uh a cinematic Experience, where can folks find you?
1: Uh, I'm standing right in the firing line at my website, www.shaheerdowd.com. That's S H A H I R D A U D. Matt, when you are not crying at your untied shoelaces, where can people find you?
0: I I never learned the poem. I think it's very uh, insensitive that you bring that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find me. Basically, mashing laces together at M A T T H E W K R O L dot My were life in and works. Yep, is? well, Crows. Uh, also, Skeletor, the number four, P R E Z on uh, Instagram or PSN or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, please check out the good works we are doing over at Extra Credits. By the time this drops, uh, our Halloween episode will have come out about uh, actually, it, it actually dives into some cinematic stuff. It's about what makes a good horror protagonist, either whether it be in games or in film narrative movies, whatever. What's, um, the, what's the answer? Uh, The answer is blood. No. uh, It's a lot of different things. Uh, You should check out the episode, but it's a lot about how it's not just physical danger. It's not just the psychological danger. It's not even just the danger to the person themselves. There's a lot of different sort of aspects that can, you have to tie the audience to the situation Mm -hmm. um, in a way, and you have to sort of not only disempower the person, but also give them a reason to uh, be around. Um, And a lot of times, just being trapped is not enough. Anyway, you can check out the episode. It's very, very fun. Uh, And with that, um, we will talk to you Next week, with either Parasite
1: I, or Lighthouse. Yeah, what's really exciting is both these films are playing at our local theater. You know, know, like these are the kinds of IFC independent films that you would like would have to like trick all the way across town to like. To like get in to see, and they're playing at a local, like a five minute walk from us. So I want, I really want to get both of them in. Hey, let's be uh, honest, it's like uh, a twenty
0: five minute walk from us. You ride your bike, so it's five minutes. Yeah, I ride my bike, so um, <laughs>
1: it's so close. And I, and and that is exciting to me. Like, a, a, you know, just I just know this this film in New York would play at IFC, which is nowhere near where we right. live. And it's like it's a forty five minute trip just to get out hey, there. Well, um, we're gonna
0: do it. I, I, I'm guessing we'll do Parasite next. Is I, my... I'm really excited about Parasite. Okay, let's do uh, that.
1: People should do their homework, uh, maybe, and watch Memories of Murder. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, she here says do your homework, and I just say go eat candy. (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.